0: You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. What is up, crew? Hope you guys are doing amazing. It's a uh, beautiful slash nasty day here in Nashville, and um, we're doing big things, and it's exciting times, and uh, just had an amazing time with Tori on one of her podcasts. If you don't know Tori, look her up. She's obviously NCK CK and Elite. She's in all this stuff, but she's got a great podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. Go check it out when it's live. I don't know when she's going to release it, but yeah, we talked about a lot normalization habits routines my origin story which she had never heard before how i started in copywriting and the reason that i started in copywriting and uh just kind of that whole process it was really fun and uh i can talk about whatever you want to talk about today you just let me know and uh looks like some questions are coming in so let's hit them jason says Hey T, what are some of the traits you see when the people that come into CK and go from say 10K to 50 to 100K? Well, one of the biggest ones is belief. Do you feel like that's possible for you? Do you feel like you deserve that? Do you feel like that's too much money? I think going from 10K, you already if you're doing 10K a month, you already feel some bit of confidence because getting to 10K is cool. And you've already made some money. But getting to 50K is like just about a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of mindset. Do you trust the process enough to spend 10 grand in ads when historically that's all you've ever made? Because to do 50 to 100, sometimes you've got to spend a little bit of money. It's a lot of mindset, a lot of belief. That's why we do Mindset Mondays and we do a Mindset Call on Fridays. All that stuff is really, really important. And it's by design because if you come in and you're great at marketing, well, you're not good at how you treat yourself and you're, you're, you don't treat yourself like an asset, big problem. You'd have to get more specific with me though if you want me to, to talk deeper on that. Sebastian says, still trying to figure out what hair products you use. My man, next time you're in Nashville, I'll tell you what, next, you're going to be here in a couple weeks. I'll try to get you a sample. It's called Rough Rider. If you go to Google and you type in Rough Rider, that is the uh, the hair product I use. It's a real deal. It is the real deal. Ryan Steenberg, How do you overcome feeling bored? I don't know if that describes it entirely. I just feel like everyone or everything is boring. My energy has been shat this week, and I don't know how to fix it. Yesterday while Facebook was down, I redid my morning formulas. I'm going to see if that works. Not sure if one day is enough. Usually if you're bored, dude, it's because your vision sucks. It's most of the time why you're bored or you haven't looked at your vision. If you are trying to achieve something that mentally you feel like you've already achieved, boredom will strike. So when's the last time you updated your goals? When's the last time you updated your morning formula? You got to make sure that you are keeping that vision updated or else you'll hit it or you'll hit like you just hit a million dollars a month or not a month. I hit a million dollars a year. You did 83 grand or something last month. So dude, what is next? If you don't know what's next, you're going to be bored. You know, it's funny, Ryan Steenberg is uh, we're hiring all these salespeople and they're coming in and I don't really teach a bunch of sales anymore. We're going to do some really cool sales material at the sales boot camp, but I'm teaching them energy. Energy means money. Energy is probably one of the biggest assets you have. Sebastian, how do you avoid feeling like you've made it? Well, you spend time around people and things that prevent you from feeling that way. You might not believe this, but when your environment is beneath you, you're going to feel like you've made it. When your environment is on pace or ahead of you, you're going to feel hungry. This is why I was in New York last week. We spent a couple days there with my, with my bride. Man, it just made me crazy. Came back and I was just like, dude, got to give myself a raise. We got we to gotta push because my environment was so far ahead of me all of a sudden. And not to say that there aren't people in Nashville that can inspire me. But when you get, you got to upgrade, upgrade your environment from time to time to prevent you from feeling like, man, I've done everything I've ever wanted to do. I've achieved everything I've ever wanted to achieve. That will be damaging to your drive if you let it stay there for too long. I hope that helps. So, Phil? Ashley says, similar to Ryan, not bored as much, but smashed out a fire week last week. Put me on a path to do 70 to 80K this month. But then this week is slowed down, overcoming shit weeks and days. This is all about engineering control. This is something that I'm going to talk in depth at length about at the... Elite event here in a couple weeks. Little things, man. Like you'd be amazed at the things that you. I'll give you just can I give you guys one example? If you're coming to the elite event, I'm going to blow your friggin' mind by talking to you about control theory and how control is so important. Even the perception of control is so important when you're scaling something quickly because the first thing to go typically is our feeling of control. It's why we, we feel so at times fearful driven. We're driven by fear. Anyways, we'll get into it. But here's an example, Actually, uh, One of my sales guys was putting recurring tasks in his calendar. Not that big of a deal, right? He was putting recurring tasks in his calendar. Every morning, he would go to the gym at a certain time. And I said, stop doing that. Don't do that anymore. He's like, why? Like, because you want to engineer the feeling that you control your time. So sometimes it's something as simple, simple as that, where it's like, you're going to put something in your calendar for the whole week but you're going to do it on Sunday. So you've engineered that little drip of control. I don't know if that makes sense. But part of it was overcoming weeks. I don't know. Did you celebrate last week? Did you do any type of celebration? What, what did you do? Did you just keep working? If you skip a recovery phase, then sometimes you're just going to create that weeks because of your energy. P says, when you reach a goal, how do you reset and set the next goal? I want to keep momentum. So I used to think that momentum was cyclical and that you had to lose momentum. And I don't know that I totally believe that anymore. I think that for the stage that I was in at the time, I think that I didn't understand momentum enough to control it. But you control momentum, dude. You control it through your activities. You control it through your perception, through your attitude. So when I reach a goal, first of all, like this month, we're set to do about a million and fifty in revenue. Well, it's been a goal of ours to do a million a month for a long time, but I've already got the next goal. We haven't even hit the goal yet, and I've got the next goal. And we're always talking about it. We're always thinking about it and dreaming about it. And my goals don't just revolve around money. You know you're in a dangerous place when all of your goals are money goals because it's really hard to find fulfillment in sheer money goals. So you need to have some giving goals. You need to have a goal to give away a bit of the money that you keep. Talk about how to to keep momentum going. Sometimes if you hit a big goal with, with with revenue, you just take a bit of that money, you give it to someone else, and then all of a sudden, you don't skip a beat with momentum. One of the things we did in February to keep momentum is we wired a quarter million into a different account, and we started putting that into real estate. Well, what did that do to our main bank account, Pete? It dropped our main bank account by a quarter million. Boom, reset us, re-engineered us back to like, let's do it again. Let's do the same thing again. Little things like that you can play with. It's cool to feel like a boss. Sometimes you want to, Sometimes you want to have a little injection of gratitude. You want to make a little bit of room for that. And like, man, we hit a million this month. You know, I'm going to take, take my wife to an expensive dinner and we're going to just celebrate it for maybe only a night. I'm not really that excited about hitting a million in a month. What I'm excited about is we've done it. We have overcome the obstacles on the way to getting to a million. So dude, Ashley, for real, the more you can get yourself disconnected from like the revenue things dude, just fall in love with like fall in love with waking up early and getting your done. And when you get there, like when you get that feeling when like my fulfillment and my celebration comes from me being the right person, it's not that you're not going to enjoy the revenue goals. It's that you just, they don't, you don't skip a beat. You're just like, what's next? Brian says, where have you learned the most about mental models and decision-making? Without a doubt, Charlie Munger no comparison. No one else even comes close. Charlie Munger, 100%. He's the smartest man alive in business right now, in my opinion. And although he's 8,000 years old, he's still very relevant. So you can buy poor Charlie's almanac. Yeah, Charlie Munger. Read everything you can by Charlie Munger. Daniel says, what would you say is the equivalent of putting in reps at the gym, but?" When it comes to mindset work, this is such a wonderful question. Obviously, like inputs, inputs are, are such a big deal. I'll tell you guys this, for almost a year and a half, I've started every single day by listening to the same audiobook. book. It's a, it's a rep in my, in my input, in my consumption of material, and I like the way that it sets up my state for the day. And it's by Jim Rohn, and every single morning, I just know that it works for me. I like the state that it puts me in and I listen to that every single morning, whether I want to, whether I don't, whether I feel like it, whether I don't doing things that push you outside of your comfort zone is then they make you scared. So reps, making that muscle stronger, going up to somebody sometimes recently, you guys want to know something on the inside. Um, I'm an introvert and I don't get a lot of energy from, from just being around people, but I have made the decision in 2019 that I am just going to build relationships and so I've been going to conferences and I'm going up and talking to people and I'm getting out there. It would be so much easier for me to stay in my little bubble with my little Teslas. And, uh, but I'm not doing that. I'm getting out there. I'm meeting people. That's a rep, dude. It makes you stronger. Been super focused, Ryan Steenberg says, on the money recently because I've wanted to hit a million a year run rate. Yeah, you have other aspects in there you need to focus on 100%. Because money doesn't really mean much except for, you know, it shows up as, as like a byproduct of value. But. Yeah, how many, how many client case studies do you want? So if you read my morning formula, it's literally like the first three lines are how many case studies I have tied back to our companies. It's all about you guys. Brian says, what do you do for leisure activities and how much time a day during the week do you take to relax? Another great question, man. So I have this thing that I do on Wednesdays. So just to give you guys a glimpse into our schedules, Mondays are crazy. Tuesdays are crazy. Wednesdays are crazy. Thursdays are crazy. Fridays are crazy. Saturdays are crazy. You see what I'm like, really like every day is pretty much gone. But one of the, the rituals that I have is Wednesday mornings. So Monday through Friday, I wake up at five to five fifteen. I go to the gym and I go to Starbucks, grab about 30 minutes to myself. Then I'm into work. One of the things I've been doing on Wednesdays is waking up around six, six thirty making coffee at home, and spending the first hour and a half of the day doing whatever I want to do. I don't have it planned. I don't have anything written down. Sometimes I just literally watch the news on my iPad. It sounds crazy, but there is a form of control that I get from not having to plan anything out on Wednesdays. And it's it's incredible because sometimes I'll just read a book that I want to read. But I do that every Wednesday. It's really good for my energy. And then Saturdays, I'll work a half day, but I'll spend some time with Lynn's And, uh, you know, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty heavily involved with our church. So that would be something that I think I do to relax as well. just getting out of the business world for a bit. All right. So everyone wants to know how my end of day routine. All right. I'll tell you, you can keep the co- uh, questions coming if you want to keep going, but I'll tell you my end of day routine. So every night I grab a journal and I actually use a tool called Remarkable which is like uh, if you've seen it, if you Google it, you'll find it. It's like a, it's like an ink iPad, but it doesn't have anything else. You can just write on it. So I use that. Well, first of all, I plan the next day and I plan the next day typically like while I'm like in bed. So I don't plan the next day in my office or on my desk. I like playing it while I'm in bed and my radar kind of detoxes me. So anything that I feel like is on my mind, anything that I'm thinking about, it could be like a memos promo, it could be something with with clients. I'm gonna put that on my radar for the next day, get it out of my headspace, don't have to worry about it anymore. I do my next day. If you haven't seen the productivity training, gotta watch the productivity training. And then I answer a series of questions about my day. And if you guys are familiar with Brendan Burchard, it's basically Brendan Burchard's planner questions for the end of the day. But I've got a couple of questions that are switched out. And we, were, we I won't get into it now, but you answer questions like, what was my favorite part of the day? What dream or project did I move forward today? How could I have served better today? And you answer all of these things that really take the day, and they put a bow on the day. Uh, so I'll do my planning. That usually takes me 15 minutes. I'll do this end-of-day journal where I answer the questions. That takes me about 10 minutes. And then I will read a biography or... Sometimes I'll read a fiction book, something that is not going to like stimulate me very much. And uh, what that really means is most nights I like pick up the Kindle and then like put it down and fall asleep because I'm already, I've already cleared my brain. I'm in bed and I take power off, which is a nighttime supplement power off about probably five minutes before my end of day. Adam says, if you're flying solo, what things would you track religiously? daily and weekly. Obviously, you want to track your like your energy. The way that I do this is at the end of the day. So I rate everything at the end of the day. So I've got this spreadsheet. And inside this spreadsheet, I have my sleep percentage, sleep time, the time I went to sleep, the time I woke up, my heart rate, my HRV, my readiness score, which this is all from O U R A O-U-R-A.com. And then I have an end of day rating. A two is a, a perfect day. A one is a, a good day. A zero is an average day. A negative one is a bad day. And a negative two is a horrible day. And I'll rate the day based on what I got done, my energy, et cetera. If you can track this religiously, like if you can actually go through two months, three months of this, what you'll start noticing is that there are certain patterns to how you perform. This is not marketing talk. This is self-enhancement. This is personal optimization. So if you're flying solo, the biggest thing you've got to track and watch out for is your energy and how you got to prevent burnout if you're by yourself. So I would track this every single day. Obviously, you got to check your numbers. Hopefully, you're doing all of that already. Brian, I've noticed, guys, by the way, got about five more minutes. So if you have any last things thrown through, I've noticed I'm extremely good up until about noon. Then I struggle in the afternoon. Do you have anything to avoid that? Yes. Take a 12 to 15 minute nap after your lunch. So eat lunch and then take about a 12 to 15 minute nap. You'll wake up. Your body's not getting into any type of deeper rim because you don't have enough time to do that. You're just getting a little bit of sleep. And actually, it's more meditative than it is sleep. So you'll lay there and you'll like be like trying to fall asleep and you'll still be like awake. And then all of a sudden your timer will go off and it's time to get time to get up. But what it does is it is like meditative. It just kind of tends to reset the day for you. So you get a morning in the morning, then you get another morning after lunch. That's what I do. And it works really well. And I love it. Ryan Steenberg, you're welcome, bro. You have earned it. Keep rolling. All right. Nappuccino. That's it, man. All right, guys. I don't see any other questions. It's good hanging out with you guys. It stopped raining, so I'm going to run to my car real fast and head out. Peace. <music>